Hi guys, welcome back to Be The Main Character with Bianca. Happy Thursday. I hope you're having a wonderful day, finishing up your week. I'm so excited for this weekend because it's the first weekend I have no plans in forever. And as much as I love spending time with people and seeing everyone, I'm just so excited for a weekend alone to just catch up on errands, self-care, just everything. Sleep in. I'm just so excited about it. I've been planning my weekend with myself for the past couple days and I'm very excited. I'm the type of person that is a better person when I have time blocks alone and not all the time. Like I don't need to be alone constantly but I like recharge when I'm by myself and I think it genuinely makes me a better person to everyone else. Last weekend, I had a really good weekend. I was with my siblings the whole weekend and it was super fun and it actually forced me to do my Sunday reset in a shorter amount of time. I think I got home from my parents' house around 1 p.m. last Sunday. So from that time on, I was like, okay, we got a Sunday reset, girl. Like, we got to do it. And I feel like because I only had that time, that entire weekend to myself, I felt like I had to get so much more done. I don't know. I feel like I did so much better under pressure. I feel like I got way more done than I typically would knowing. I feel like when you know you have the whole weekend or the whole Sunday, you tend to procrastinate. But then when you're like mid-afternoon and you're like, oh my gosh, like Monday's tomorrow. Like I have to get it together. And I did. And I was just so happy. I deep cleaned my room. I deep cleaned my car. And it's been clean, guys, for a whole, what, four days? But still, something's always better than nothing. What else did I do? I hung up my vision board. I got a new dresser for Christmas, and my old dresser has been sitting my, like, I've had two dressers in my room for, like, since Christmas. Finally switched over all of my clothes and sold that on Facebook Marketplace, so very happy about that. What else did I do? I picked up my groceries, I meal prepped a little bit, laid out my outfit for work the next day and for my workout. It was just a really good intentional Sunday reset. Also, I needed to talk to you guys about the dance nationals and cheer nationals that just happened two weekends ago, I believe, UDA and UCA happened. If you know, you know. If you were a past cheerleader, past dancer, or you're just simply interested because you've seen it on TikTok... Let me just say the teams were unreal, specifically for dance this year. I personally like the cheer competition that happens in April for NCA better than this one. So, but the dances were so good this year. I feel like they were just flooding TikTok because they were that good that even people that didn't know anything about dance were into it. So I just had to talk about that real quick because it was so good. If you're going to watch any of the dances, my personal favorite is LSU's hip hop dance. They did it to a Michael Jackson song and it's so good. LSU has a really good history story behind their team. That's really cool to get into. Um, But yeah, if you're looking to watch just one dance from this uh, podcast episode, let me recommend that one. Also, I never told you guys, I got a Ninja Creamy for Christmas, and if you don't know what that is, Ninja came out with an ice cream maker years ago, like I want to say three or four years ago, and I've wanted it since it came out. I've always, for years, made my protein shakes extremely thick, almost to mimic like a milkshake or like a really good smoothie, just because like protein shakes don't have to be gross, so I would never make mine gross or shake them. Ew, I am not a protein shaker. I totally understand it for the convenience. Like I understand why people do it, but I could never. I just would never. And no hate to those who do. I I understand it. I wish I could be that person, but I will forever blend my protein shakes. Getting to my point, the Ninja Creamy came out years ago and people were telling me years ago that knew me like, oh my gosh, you need this. Like this was made for you. And I was like, yes, 100%. And I just like could never justify getting it for myself. Even when I moved into into the apartment and I was gonna actually try and get it on Black Friday, but I couldn't find it anywhere. So I never ended up getting it. But then I got it for Christmas. And let me tell you, it's probably one of the best gifts I've ever gotten because I use it so much. I use it almost every single day. I am a person that craves ice cream. Like I eat generally really healthy, but if there's one thing that's really bad, not really bad, no food is bad. If there's one unhealthy thing that I could eat a lot of, it's ice cream. I've always been that way. I just love ice cream. 
And I've found other alternatives that kind of mimic that, that give me the same like satisfaction with like higher protein, better ingredients, because like you, you just can't eat ice cream every day, unfortunately. And when I'm saying ice cream, I mean like Ben and Jerry's from the pint. Like that is my favorite. You can't do that every day, unfortunately. But with the Ninja Creamy, I can make protein ice cream with add-ins and it can taste absolutely delicious. The consistency is perfect. I can make a ton of them and freeze them and like have them on hand and eat that as like my nightcap every night and feel like I'm eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, but it's protein ice cream and it, I can eat the whole thing for like under 300 calories. It's crazy. I feel so satisfied. I'm hitting my protein goal. I literally am doing an ad for Ninja Creamy right now, but when I'm saying like this has changed, like something that has changed my life and probably will be my favorite product appliance of the year is going to be my Ninja Creamy. I already know it. I love it so much. Safe to say I'm really obsessed with it and if you've been on the fence about it or interested in, in it at all, I highly recommend it. Even though I didn't get it for myself, I think if I could go back and I had the choice, I would I would get it earlier than I did. All right, so that was my little intro, just stuff I thought about this week that I wanted to talk to you guys about because I felt it was important. But getting in to today's episode, I just want to preface this episode by saying I am not an expert when it comes to any of this. And the products I'm going to be talking about are not perfect. But this is what realistically works for me and my budget. So keep that in mind. So today's episode is non-toxic living on a budget. And I kind of broke down everything into these different categories. So you can see what areas of your life you can intertwine non-toxic living into. Because I feel like some people don't even think about some of these things. And they're simple fixes or changes that you can be doing to just introduce a more non-toxic life. I also want to say that being perfectly healthy food-wise, what you're putting on your body, um, your air quality, your water quality, all of those things, it's never going to be 100% perfect. I've talked about this with other friends that are really into just like holistic living, um, using more non-toxic products. You can never ever be perfect. Like all these products that I'm going to talk about and mention are probably not perfect on the app I was talking about last week, which is, let me see, Yuka. Last week I called it Eureka. So I wanted to make sure I was right this week. Yuka, where it, it's an app where you can scan products that you use every day and you got a rating on how good the product is toxins wise and just like ingredients wise out of a hundred. And even the quote-unquote like non-toxic products or some that I even use aren't perfect on that scale either. So like just do your best. That's why I wanted to do this episode because I'm 23 years old and this is what I am realistically capable of doing to live a more non-toxic lifestyle and kind of just taking what my parents did for most of my life because I couldn't just go from you know, a pretty non-toxic household to just using toxic products again. Like knowing me, I have a very, very sensitive body, skin, everything. I'm just a sensitive person. Like I react to a lot of different things. Um, not emotionally, I mean like physically react. So I knew that I couldn't just go to like back to like Lysol and things like that. But I'm going to talk about that more in the video. And like I said, this is supposed to be realistic to listeners in their 20s who either live alone, live at home, live at college, whatever. These are just things to think about and introduce into your life. And I do think these things are really important, but I think it's more important to try than to be perfect. Okay, so I'm first starting off with some habits that I do. So the first one is oil pulling. So I talked about this a couple times before, but I'm going to talk about it again. Also, I made an Amazon storefront list of all the items I'm going to be talking about or like majority of the items I'm going to be talking about. And I think it's just called non-toxic living or something along those lines. I made it like a week ago. Um, but basically that way you don't have to like try and take notes on every product I'm talking about. So if you are interested in anything I'm talking about, they'll just be there for you to take a look at if you want. Um, 
and I tried to find like the lowest best prices for you guys because some of the items come in bulk so I tried to find either like a single item or just like the cheapest out of everything anyways so oil pulling so oil pulling is really good because it removes a lot of the toxins from not only your mouth but your tongue your digestion process starts in the mouth so making sure that's a clean space with as little to no bacteria as possible and just removing those heavy metals and toxins from your mouth oil pulling is just so good for that and also it's a natural teeth whitener so instead of using something like crest whitening strips that might have harsh chemicals or your teeth might be super sensitive I oil pull probably four to five times a week it's very gentle it's very easy to do um, I personally don't use coconut like straight coconut oil you can do this but personally I'm a big texture person so the one that's already made into the mouthwash it's called guru mouthwash I believe like I said it's on my storefront um and that one is already in liquid form and has a little cap and it like it doesn't really have too bad of a taste you just swish that around for 10 to 15 minutes I do it when I'm taking off my makeup and doing my nighttime skincare sometimes if I'm just taking a body shower at night I will do this while I'm in the shower just to like any time where you're doing something and you don't need to be talking or anything like that that's when I oil pull personally. So, and my teeth have been a lot whiter and it just feels so clean and good afterwards. Feels amazing. My next one is tongue scraping and the mouthwash kit I got from the one that I'm talking about, mouthwash, the oil pulling kit I got came with a tongue scraper. So when I started oil pulling, I also started tongue scraping. I do my tongue scraping first thing in the morning before I drink any water, before I do anything. I tongue scrape. I just want to remove that layer of bacteria that's built up overnight. And I don't want to swallow down those back that bacteria and those toxins to get my day started because then that goes right to your gut. And it can potentially make you bloated or just have not good gut health for the day um, or just like over time if you're thinking about it you're just swallowing all that bacteria all those toxins so I personally wake up tongue scrape get that bacteria out and like I said your digestion starts in the mouth so I just want to start off the day with good digestion no bloating and good gut health my next one is lymphatic drainage so I'm gonna be honest with you guys I like to keep it real I could be a lot better with this I would say at the moment I do this three or four times a week I would like to do it a little bit more whether it's with uh, gua sha or with the lymphatic drainage um, device that I got off Amazon and just be a little bit more consistent with it because just opening up your lymph nodes and just draining your face one it makes your face over time just look more contoured and just takes a lot of the water out of your face and the bloating if you hold water in your face which I do you're getting everything moving flowing circulating it's just really good for you overall and it's also really good for aging skin you age better so it's a natural way to age gracefully okay next I want to get into some supplements that I take that I have been taking for years so the first one and what I think is probably the most important one is a probiotic at the moment I use the ollie probiotics they're pretty inexpensive and I think they do the job just fine like I said I think having a probiotic is better than having no probiotic at all and I've been taking probiotics probably for four-ish years now and that's just because I'm a huge advocate of gut health. I think if there's anything you take out of this video is how important it is to have control over your gut. So I think a probiotic is absolutely necessary for everyone, especially if you have digestive issues and you always have get into or read about gut health and get a probiotic on board try it out see how it helps my next one is magnesium I feel like magnesium has been the hype in 2023 and I've been taking magnesium probably since 2019 2020 I've always had magnesium I take it every single night it helps with digestion it helps with your mood it helps with your gut health it just helps with so many things and there is different types of magnesium and depending on what you're looking for whether it's mood digestion whatever it is 
you can look into what magnesium strain is going to be best for what you're looking to achieve. My next one is sleep spray. Couldn't live without this. I get this from an online supplement company. Once again, have been taking it probably since 2019, 2020. It has a mix of ding, 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 tart cherry juice, magnesium, um, a little bit of melatonin and some other ingredients, adaptogen products in there. And you take one to three sprays about 20 minutes before you're ready to go to sleep. And when I tell you, you sleep like a baby. You sleep so good, so sound. You definitely need like your full night's sleep. So whatever that is for you, if you, you know, thrive off of seven to eight hours of sleep, make sure that when you take this, you're going to get about seven eight to eight hours of sleep, not six, let's say, for example, because if you wake up before you fully rested, I feel like you feel a little groggy for a little while just because it's intended for you to have your full night's sleep. So, just keep that in mind. But yeah, I've been having tart cherry juice and magnesium for years now. And now it's all the hype on TikTok, TikTok as it should be because it's so good and beneficial for your sleep. Next one is electrolytes. This one I've been taking since high school. And I'm not talking about Gatorade or Powerade or anything like that. Not that those are terrible, but those are really not your best form of electrolytes. Once again, I get this from an online supplement company. Um, there's so many electrolytes out there now um, with so many really good ingredients. Some of the newer ones are a little hard on the taste. I'm not going to lie. I've tried a couple others and it's because it contains so much salt and you can really taste the salt. It's super salty, but that's what it's supposed to do. So I take my electrolytes first thing in the morning instead of any pre-workout caffeine or anything like that. It is supposed to energize and just wake you up for the day and also just give you a little bit better brain function. Like you don't have that fog for as long. You get dehydrated when you sleep. So drinking electrolytes first thing in the morning just replenishes your body and your electrolyte levels. So that's why it's so important. And my last supplement is aloe vera juice. I give so much to aloe vera juice for so many reasons, but it really helps with bloating, with the digestion process, and just recycling your skin. I started drinking aloe vera juice daily when I had probably the worst acne of my life, which is after my first semester of college. I don't know what it was there, if it was the air, the water, I have no idea. I had the worst eczema of my life. I had the worst acne of my life and I started drinking aloe vera juice daily to help with digestion and just overall health and it's a big reason why my skin cleared up because it significantly helped my gut health. Next category is called for the body. So number one and I've been doing this for a long time because like I just mentioned I've always had eczema my entire life. Eczema is simply skin inflammation. That's all eczema is. What can inflame your skin? A lot of things. For me and a lot of people, harsh ingredients make eczema a thousand times worse. So from a young age, I cut out all Bath & Body Works products and any product with fragrance. So I don't use their shower gels, I don't use their lotions, and I haven't used one of their body mists probably since like my junior year of high school, I want to say. For an alternative to this, I've used the Native Body Wash, which I really like. And even though that has a scent, which typically I use the Coconut and Vanilla Native Body Wash, it does not irritate my skin because the scent comes from natural sources rather than chemicals made to smell like coconut and vanilla, if that makes sense. So Native is a body wash that I use as someone that does have eczema that does not make me break out or have further skin issues. Same thing goes with lotion. I use non-scented lotion or you can literally use coconut oil, which I have used in the past. Obviously, it's a little bit messier, but it still works absolutely great for people with eczema or just any skin condition in general, or even if you don't have any skin condition, it's just better overall for your skin. Just think about how many times you put on lotion a week and just think about those ingredients just seeping into your bloodstream because that's what happens when we put any products on our body. Eventually, it seeks into our bloodstream and that's what makes us 
as a person. So just really think. And like I said, this doesn't have to be a huge expensive change. You can get coconut oil for so cheap and or you can shop from a local business that makes their own lotion with all natural ingredients and just know that you're putting something better on your body. And I know I'm going to hear the, but I've been a Bath and Body Works girl forever. It smells so good. It does until it doesn't and your skin is just having reactions. Next one is deodorant. So going to be honest with you guys. Like I said, I'm going to keep it really real in this episode as I always do, but I don't use the best deodorant I possibly could. And here's why. I am a very sweaty gal, okay? I sweat a lot. Anyone that knows me knows I sweat a ton. I've always been this way to the point that in high school, I was concerned with how much I was sweating. So I asked my doctor and she said I was just hydrated and it was nothing to be worried about. And I was like, but I sweat so much. I was a flyer in high school on my cheerleading team and I used to slip through my bases and back spots hands. Like that's how sweaty I was at practice. Anyways, with that being said, I am a nurse and I work with people all day long, reaching over them, doing stuff. I don't want to be smelling or sweating on my patients, okay? It's gross. It's gross. I wouldn't want that to happen to me. I don't want to do it to them. So for that reason, I don't use an all-natural deodorant. Sue me. Sue me. But I do use an aluminum-free deodorant. Is that the best I could possibly be doing? No, but I go to the gym. I sweat a lot. I work with patients. It's hot at work. You're moving a lot. I don't want to be sweating like that. I don't want to be smelling and I don't want to go through the two-week detox process that is using actual natural deodorant because if you didn't know, that's the process is that in order for the natural deodorant to work correctly, you're supposed to detox off of your other deodorant for two weeks. I don't have two weeks to be smelling like that. I don't know about you guys and I'm not knocking natural deodorant. I wish I could find one that works. If you know of one that really, really works smell wise and like antiperspirant wise, please let me know because I've tried so many. I've tried Tom's. I've tried Native. I've tried, can't think of the other ones right now, but they just don't work. I really wish they did. So I do opt for an aluminum free deodorant, but that's about it for that. My next one is no fluoride toothpaste or mouthwash. So I always opt for no fluoride fluoride is just not necessary for me personally so the toothpaste I like the most is the Burt's Bees whitening toothpaste I think it's called like purely white I really like that toothpaste a lot or if you go to like CVS or Walgreens they'll have like a I don't want to call it a dupe they'll have their version of that kind of toothpaste there but it's their brand. So it's a lot cheaper. So you can get, you know, a no fluoride whitening, better ingredient toothpaste, but it'll be like the CVS brand or the Walgreens brand. That's literally what I have right now. I have the CVS brand of that Burt's Bees toothpaste that I just talked about just because I ran out and honestly, it was cheaper. So that's why I got it. But no fluoride is the way to go. And then for my mouthwash, I get the TheraBreath whitening mouthwash no fluoride. That mouthwash is incredible. I've been using that mouthwash for a while and I just think it lasts so long and at the same time it's also whitening your teeth but it doesn't burn you and it doesn't have bad ingredients and it really does last all day. Also thinking about your hand soap. Back to the Bath and Body Works because I forgot that they also sell hand soaps. I don't use Bath and Body Works hand soaps. I opt for typically Myers. That is what I always get for hand soap. Just has better ingredients. Your I wash my hands so much and unfortunately the place where I'm probably washing my hands the absolute most is at work and I don't have a choice when it comes to that soap. I mean unless I brought mine own my own in which maybe in the future someday I will do that because I wash my hands at work so much and they're just so dry because who knows what soap the hospital is using and I also use hand sanitizer constantly. So making sure that I'm protecting my hands when I am at home by using a better hand soap is important to me. Next one is no birth control. As some of you may know from previous episodes that I have never been on birth control 
And instead of being on typical birth control, like an IUD or a birth control pill or the thing in the arm that I should probably know what that's called, but I can't remember, there are so many other alternatives now. There's the Flow app, there's Natural Cycles, the Aura Ring, which matches up to those, and now the Apple Watch 2 as well, where you take your basal temperature in the morning and it tells you relatively based on, you know, your last period in your cycle how fertile you are. So you can know when to use more protection, when you're a little bit safer to not use protection, etc. Now with this, I will say you need to be like super, super careful because it's not 100% accurate and I don't think it ever claims to be. But I would rather track my cycle, have a better grip over my own hormones and my body rather than ingesting hormones every single day and not really knowing what effect that's going to have on me, especially where I am already a person that has mental health issues lingering in the background because I say that loosely because I've gotten a really good control over my mental health by going to therapy and just a lot of other things and not that I was ever fully debilitating but I would never want to put myself back in a position where the side effects on birth control can be anxiety and depression and just add on top of what I already have um I just I, I don't think that's worth it for me so I know so many people that have switched off of birth control and are just so much happier, healthier, and just overall more well. So for me, this is really important. This one's obviously not for everyone. And I think if I was coming off birth control, it would definitely make me super nervous. But just talk to your doctor, um, go on the apps, see what they're all about. Maybe start tracking your cycle before you get off birth control, whatever works best for you. I can't really talk from that point because I've never been on it. So whatever you feel most comfortable, I'm just giving my personal experience with birth control. But I take my basal temperature in the morning. I enter it into my flow app and then I just track how I'm feeling for the day. Um, and then if you're on your period, you can track like how heavy your flow is, how your pain is. And it also just tells you every day what part of your cycle you're in, what you might be experiencing. I just think it's really helpful. And that is my form of quote unquote birth control. My last one is four to five sauna sessions a week, specifically infrared saunas. If you're any kind of science person or if you listen to other podcasts with just very influential people, Tony Robbins, for example, he talks about infrared saunas and just how good they are constantly. And I feel like a lot of high functioning, really just successful people that I look up to talk about infrared saunas constantly and it's just because they have so many benefits. Just to list a few that I've learned especially from my first tour at my one of my gyms that I go to which is Hotworks which is an infrared sauna gym and just hearing to some of the science-backed research. So just some of the benefits are detoxification, relaxation, pain relief, especially joint relief, um, weight loss, improved circulation, skin purification, and because of all those things, it affects other systems. So like the improved circulation means there's less of a chance of cardiac issues. So each of those just kind of dive into something deeper, but overall, those are the basic benefits of infrared saunas, and that's why I make it a point to go in them so often especially where I have acne it's really good to sweat a lot and the thing about infrared saunas is that even after you're out for about an hour after your body is still so warm that you're still burning calories and getting the effects and I'm not saying burning calories for like oh I burned so many calories today that's not what I'm saying I'm saying that the effects of the sauna are still working an hour after you get out of an infrared sauna now that is not the same as a regular steam sauna a steam sauna and an infrared sauna are two completely different things with two completely different sets of benefits Nothing against steam saunas, but they don't have as many benefits as an infrared sauna do. So for me, I try to get about four to five sauna sessions in a week, whether it's just me sitting in the sauna or physically working out in the sauna. That's about how many times I aim for throughout the week. Next category is house and house products. 
So my first one is an air filter. So I brought an air filter with me to the apartment the day I moved in. It's an old apartment. I knew there was most likely mold even if it wasn't in and I just wanted to protect myself the best I could by using an air filter. So I have an air filter in my room. I will admit I do need to change the filter right now and I have been using it for the past couple weeks, but I will start that again. My next one is a humidifier, especially in the winter. Once again, need to set mine up. Haven't had it this winter yet, but like I said, guys, my room was just flooded with the two dressers. I just like couldn't do anything because they were just taking up so much of my room and driving me crazy. So going to put my humidifier out this week in my weekend of doing nothing but really doing all these little things that I've been not putting off but just haven't had time to with the holiday season we're getting it together um so putting out my humidifier this helps with your skin your sleep any congestion issues or allergies you might have it just helps so going to be putting that out and next one is a water filter so me and my roommate invested in a really nice water filter because we just don't 100% trust the filter on our sink and we live near a beach and marsh area so we have to be like extra careful about our water so we invested in a nicer water filter and it's one that you physically fill up and then it works to filter out your water we used to use a brita but even we didn't even think that was doing it enough justice so we opted for a little bit more of an expensive one just to make sure that you know we drink a lot of water so between the two of us like we wanted to make sure we were ingesting good water and I feel like that's a very fair thing. Same thing goes for our shower head. We have a good filter on there so that we're not getting as hard of water. Um, we were noticing some issues with both of our hair and skin so we put in a better filter and a better shower head so that way we weren't getting the effects of hard or just not filtered enough water. All very important because not only are you ingesting it, but it's also going on your skin when you're, you know, showering every day. My next one is non-toxic cleaning products. So first one being dish soap, especially where I don't have a dishwasher and I am hand washing all my dishes. It's extremely important to me that I am using a non-toxic good ingredient dish soap. So typically I opt for Myers or 7th generation soap. Either one of those are typically the ones that I will gravitate towards. Obviously you're using your plates, your bowls, your cups every single day. So I think that whatever you're washing those with is in some way, shape or form. Yes, you're washing all the soap off, but it's still, I don't want to say it's still on there, but you guys know what I mean. Like you're not getting every ounce of soap off of your plate especially when you're hand washing so making sure that it's as clean of ingredients as possible because I am then going to ingest the food off of that plate is super important to me next one is also for my sensitive skin girlies and just in general is your laundry detergent so the one I'm currently using is seventh generation but now I'm seeing there's these laundry detergent powders too that are also non-toxic products that just look like they last a lot longer so I might I put that I put both on my storefront because I want to try the powdered version because it's a more concentrated formula so you use less and it lasts longer so if I do end up trying that I will let you guys know if I am getting more use out of it when I say I'm a sensitive girl like if someone were to swap my laundry detergent with let's say gain for example I would full-on break out into a rash I can almost bet on it because that is how sensitive my skin is I have never been able to use detergents like that um, and I learned this as me and my mom and my dad learned this as I was growing up because my eczema was so bad it was like slowly eliminating things like this in my life and realizing that that made an improvement I was on a steroid cream for like the first half of my life because my eczema was so bad and that was the only solution that we knew of until we kind of started learning about what was actually in the products we were using and that I was putting on my skin every single day that was a huge one was figuring out hey the detergent that you're washing your clothes in and then wearing is also rubbing against your eczema and making it worse so 
I have been using non-toxic detergent for so long and cleaning spray. So I do not do the Clorox, Lysol, any of those unless unless someone in the house has like the flu or COVID or the stomach bug, anything that's extremely contagious that's when I'll use something like that and my mom was always the same way like she would always use non-toxic cleaning products until one of us was really sick and could spread it to the other sibling and then she would pull out the Lysol the bleach all of that and I do bleach my shower just because I feel like you have to bleach your shower almost and I don't do it a lot but occasionally I do bleach my shower and and my toilet occasionally but for cleaning spray I like the method cleaning spray there's a lot of highly concentrated um cleaning spray concentrate basically and you can put it into glass bottles and then um just dilute it with a lot of water those are really good too um there's one called thieves that one smells amazing that's what my parents use i personally use the method cleaning spray and there's a ton of other ones but this is just what i personally use pretty inexpensive has pretty good pretty good ingredients and smells really good and nice and clean still gets the job done like removes grease and stains and all of that Last one in this category is soy candles and or diffusers. So I do not use regular candles. I don't use Bath and Body Works. I don't buy regular candles. I get this specific brand on Amazon, which is linked. I think it's called like Lajoli or something like that. I get my soy candles from there. Soy candles are not as bad for you as a regular candle and if I'm not using a candle I'm using a diffuser with essential oils. Really think about if a candle is full of chemicals and then you're burning it and then you're breathing that in for however many hours what effects that could have on your body. So candles is a huge one for me. I need it to be a soy candle and they're a little bit more pricey, but for me, that's worth the investment because I do like the feeling of burning a candle, but also knowing that I'm not doing myself a huge disservice by just having a regular candle. This category is food. First one is what I splurge on. So this is the thing that I don't skimp out on that I spend the most money on because it's the most important to me and that's eggs and meat. So this doesn't necessarily mean I use organic eggs and meat, but I try to find better brands, higher quality brands that don't have extra antibiotics that are grass-fed animals or cage-free. Specifically with eggs, you're looking for pasture-raised, farm-fresh, and if you have to, cage-free but cage-free meat really doesn't, it's not a huge difference between that and regular eggs because even though they're quote-unquote cage-free, it really just means they're in an area of space where they're just stacked on top of each other, not a lot of room to move or graze and eat, whereas pasture-raised means they're usually out on a field or a farm. They can eat what they want, they have a space to move. They're not eating each other's feces and then those eggs that you're getting are much better. So when you're looking for eggs, I splurge between either farm fresh, pasture raised, or if I have to, cage free. But I always do one of those three over normal eggs. Same thing goes with me. I don't do organic meat typically just because of the price point, but I will choose something grass-fed and no hormones added. I never do any of the fake vegan meats. Those are probably some of the worst products put out there. The ingredients in those are absolutely terrible, so I will never eat fake meat. So this goes for chicken, steak, anything like that. I'm just buying the best quality that I can realistically afford but is also a splurge product for me. I also choose higher quality condiments the best I can. So this goes for mayonnaise. I tend to go for an avocado oil mayonnaise. Ketchup, I go for sugar-free and a better organic or natural ketchup. I'm getting into making my own salad dressings this year but you know, finding a higher quality condiments, salad dressings, everything like that, just because the seed oils are so heavy in all of those, 
and the sugar content is also usually really, really high. So if I can get better condiments or make them myself, I will. My next one and this one I've been doing for a very long time is no fast food or fast food meat. So the two types of quote unquote fast food that I get is Chipotle, which isn't like a like a McDonald's like, but I it's still it's still not the best you could do. And same with Duncan. I will occasionally get bagels or like an egg and cheese breakfast sandwich there, but I never get meat from a fast food chain and besides Chipotle. So this means I don't get meat from McDonald's. I don't eat at McDonald's and I haven't since I was about 12 and I'll get into that in a second. So I don't eat from McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, anything like that. I don't get the meat at Dunkin' um or even just like whenever I get I don't put meat on my bagel bagel sandwiches I don't know if that's weird unless I make it at home which even then I don't do it I don't really like it but I also don't like getting meat out from places where I don't really know where it's coming from it freaks me out I watched a documentary when I was about 12 with my parents called Food Inc and it was when we were just getting into learning what processed meat looked like coming from different farms or places and that scarred me. I really will say I stopped eating fast food after that. I debated going vegetarian. I ended up being like, okay, I really love chicken. I'm just not going to eat McDonald's or Wendy's or anything like that anymore. I even did a science project in eighth grade where I kept a McDonald's burger and McDonald's fries to see how long I could preserve them and I did my whole project on that and guys when I tell you that this burger looked the same for weeks it did not grow mold same thing with the fries they were in perfect condition obviously you couldn't eat them but like you you could if they were just plated correctly or like air fried you would never know when I tell you there was no green there was no mush like and all I did was keep it in a Ziploc bag like this wasn't some expert level science experiment so I watched that documentary and did that project and yeah, I haven't had a McDonald's burger probably since I was like nine or 10. And this is coming from a girl that when I was growing up, if I didn't cry at gymnastics, my parents would bring me to McDonald's on a Friday. Like I loved McDonald's until I learned what was in McDonald's. My next one is low alcohol intake. Obviously I've talked about this multiple times before. Does that mean you have to cut it out completely? No. For some people, they choose that they don't want to drink alcohol anymore, and that's totally fine. I have gone long periods of time without having it. I'm doing dry January right now, and I always feel really good when alcohol isn't in the picture as much. So I definitely try and limit my alcohol take a lot. Not that I ever had a high intake. Also, I think being a nurse has put this into perspective a lot because Oftentimes going into, I work in a surgical, I don't want to say a surgical center. I work in a hospital within, within the hospital, I work in a surgical center. And a big question we ask is how much alcohol do you drink a week? Because alcohol causes bleeding and we want to know like what their bleeding level is going to look like when they're in a surgery like this. And I don't think people realize how much alcohol they're drinking until they have to say it out loud or they're just ignoring the fact but if you drink every single week, three drinks a week, three drinks a week times four weeks is 12 drinks a month. Is that awful? No, but some people would be like, oh, I have a glass of wine every night. Okay, seven. Seven times four is 28. <laughs> That's 28 drinks every single month. Let's go even lower than that. Let's say you're having five drinks a week. You're having five half glasses of wine a, a, a week. So five times four brings us to 20 drinks a month. Let's times that by 12. 240 drinks a year, which you don't even think about it that way until you put it in that perspective. Now, I like a glass of wine. I like a margarita. Not so much anymore since Mexico. I love an espresso martini in moderation. It's all about just how you balance this and just being super mindful and aware of what you're putting in your body, how much you're putting it in your body, and when you're putting it in your body. Next one's going to be such an obvious one, but meal prepping instead of eating out. 
you save so much money, you save the time, you save the energy, you're eating healthier because you're prepping the food yourself. It's just a win-win for everyone. Is eating out every once in a while terrible? Absolutely not. But having healthy options on hand is just such a lifesaver. And you will probably be more full. For example, if I forget my lunch and have to get something at work, which I hate doing, not that my lunch at work is terrible, it's just like not the best choices. So I always end to get like end up getting a salad and it has like barely any protein on it and then I'm starving and I just had like a 500 calorie salad with really little to no protein and now I'm still hungry. So not only did I waste money and waste a meal, but now I'm still hungry. So for me, I'd rather just make my own food that I know is going to keep me full and satisfied. I know I made it. I know where it's coming from. It's just better. And I saved so much money. Like my meal is probably gonna be like $3 versus a crappy hospital salad that's like $7 and just like not worth it. Next one is limiting my caffeine intake to once a day. So I have, I would say six out of seven days a week, one source of caffeine a day and that's my Nespresso coffee, which in size reference equals a small iced coffee from Dunkin'. Which I never get a small iced coffee from Dunkin'. I always get a medium. So I'm literally consuming less caffeine than I ever have before. Let me tell you guys what I used to have when I was in nursing school. It's so bad now that I say it out loud. You know who I had to say it out loud to? My therapist who is consulting me for what? Anxiety. And he's like, how much caffeine do you consume? And I'm like, ooh, you're not going to like this one, bestie. This is what I had. I had a coffee medium size okay so this is a medium iced coffee I had an energy shot and I had caffeine pre-workout every single day guys I had it every single day I still wasn't hitting I was hitting probably just the average amount of caffeine you can consume in a day but just because it's the average of what you can have in a day does not mean that's what you should be having every single day especially as a 20 how old was I you know, like your early 20s. Like you don't need that. Was I tired? Did I think it gave me a little bit more focus? Yes. And like I understand where I was coming from. But now I function off one small cup of coffee to get me through the whole day and I'm fine. If you really focus on your sleep routine and getting enough rest and, you know, not doing crazy things to your body, like your body will work for you. And also your energy levels and your hormones and everything else that comes into play when it comes to energy will level out and like figure it out for your body like your body is meant to function in these ways and then sleep and you know be able to function without caffeine I will literally get a caffeine headache if I don't have at least one source of caffeine a day like it caffeine is an addiction like every other thing and yeah, I will literally get a caffeine headache if I don't have it. But I have decreased my intake of it significantly. It's really good to decrease it for your cortisol levels too, which is your stress levels, which is why my therapist was like, um, girl, like, let's chill out. But I will say occasionally there will be a moment where like I need to do a lot at night or I have a lot of errands to run. And I'm like, you know what? You deserve a little coffee from Dunkin and sometimes I'll do it and I'll have two in a day and it's not going to kill me it's not the end of the world but the big thing to focus on is I do not do that every day anymore next is I do not keep soda in my house but I love bubbly carbonated drinks so as long as I mimic that sensation with something else it's fine so I either have Olipop or I have a sparkling ice water in all the different flavors it comes in. I'm not a seltzer girly. Never will be. I don't know how people drink seltzer water. I think it's absolutely disgusting. I don't know what it is, but I, me and my entire family, like LaCroix, like all of those, like the polar seltzer, nasty. Oh, they're so gross. But the like sparkling ice water is different. It's literally flavored water with carbonation. And for me, that does the trick. Like, all I need is the good bubbles and, like, a good flavor, and I'm good. It's, it's just, like, soda to me. And not that I've ever been, like, a huge soda person, but I do occasionally love a spicy Sprite. Or my parents drank a lot of Diet Pepsi while I was growing up, so occasionally, like, I will love a Diet Pepsi, like, a crisp Diet Pepsi. But I'm not, like, a – I'm not a Diet Coke girly like some of 
some of these people are which is fine like i totally get it everyone has their fix mine used to be caffeine some people just love uh love a diet coke totally understandable just for me personally i can mimic with those two drinks and be like a hundred percent satisfied like not even thinking about soda or having soda in the house um i used to get sprite zero a lot but i have strayed away from sugar-free products as much as i can just because those also have really bad ingredients for them for in them even though they're marketed as sugar-free and we see sugar-free and we think less calories and really instead of looking at the calorie content we really need to be looking at the ingredients versus calories that's why i've been more into instead of tracking calories or macros like you should really just be looking at your ingredient list and like your amount of consuming whole foods to the best of your abilities don't want to go too much off into a tangent but yes another thing that I'm straying away from is the sugar-free products the sugar-free syrups the sugar-free soda just all the sugar-free things just have so many additives to make them sugar-free that they no longer are healthy this one is specifically for the budgeting girlies that want fresh clean produce but don't want to spend the money on organic produce so me personally I don't have the money to be spending on organic produce. I can barely afford produce as it is because as we know, grocery shopping right now is so, so absurdly expensive. So no, I'm not buying the organic grapes and bananas and all the produce that I eat because I eat a lot, a lot of produce within a week, even just for myself. So I get the regular fruit and then I get a fruit and vegetable spray or wash and I wash everything really really good let it drain let all the dirt and pesticides run down the drain and then I feel a little bit better about what I'm eating is this perfect no is it better than nothing yes like I said this is about being realistic and that's more realistic for me my spray that I use on my veggies and my fruit has lasted me so long and you know, costs like what, 10, 12 bucks. And that's like what one piece of produce costs right now, if it, especially if it's organic. It's so expensive. So this makes it more realistic for me, but also making it a little bit less toxic. Going along with that, I also have been trying to go to my local farm more and get my produce and eggs there because like two for one I'm getting fresher produce less pesticides but I still wash it obviously you should be washing everything even if it's organic it's just organic doesn't use barely any pesticides um so I still wash it but I just know that I'm getting it from a better place same thing with the eggs and getting it from the farm and not only are you supporting a local business but it's also a lot cheaper than the grocery store majority of the time but you are more limited to whatever is truly in season. But this is also a good thing because if something's not in season, that means they're forcing it to be produced, which usually means that there's added ingredients within those fruits or vegetables because it's not in season. So it shouldn't be growing right now. Next is cooking oils. So I only use two oils. I use olive oil. Nope, sorry. I use extra virgin olive oil and I use avocado oil. And those are the only two oils I use to cook, bake, do anything with. Those and then if I need to like butter a pan, I use normal regular butter. Specifically, the Kerrygold Irish butter. That butter is so good. And as we've grown, we've learned that the the fake butters are so bad for you. Like they're not good for heart health. Like they try to advise you that they are like the can't believe it's not butter. It's so good for heart health. Like it's it's not the regular whole milk butter is actually better for you. So that's what I personally use. Those are the three things I use if I'm, you know, for non-stick items. I use normal butter olive oil sorry I keep saying that extra virgin olive oil and avocado oil no canola oil no vegetable oil no sunflower oil nothing like that I don't use any of it because those are the oils that I'm trying to avoid in all of my condiments bread 
everything. Those oils are sprinkled in everything and it is so hard to find products without them. So I'm definitely not going to use it to cook my food if it's already in some of the products that I'm using and I'm already trying to avoid it so heavily. And my last one in the food category is I rarely, if ever, have frozen dinners. I did not grow up in that kind of household. My parents always cooked or had meal prepped food. Um, we never were like a frozen meals kind of family unless it was like pizza occasionally. And that's the only thing if I ever have is cauliflower pizza. Just if I need like a quick dinner. I haven't had cauliflower pizza in months though. So I'll have cauliflower pizza as like if I ever have a frozen dinner, it'll be that. And the only other type of food that I have in my freezer is the Kodiak cakes which is just the protein waffles that are pre-made. Just another thing. If I need something of convenience, I'll have that. And then, oh, I have one more thing. I have been having one hash brown mixed in with my like egg white scramble every morning because I saw someone on TikTok do it and it looked delicious. So that those are my three things. Kodiak cakes, hash browns, and cauliflower pizza occasionally. But even living alone, a lot of people were like, oh, it's so convenient to have frozen meal dinners because they're individualized. Oh, no, I'd rather just take the time and cook. So personally, I don't do the frozen dinners just because they have so much in them to just keep them that way. And I am all, I'm all set. <laughs> so personally, I stray away from the frozen food section unless it's like vegetables and I freeze my meat to save it or like veggies. This last section is what I want to be better at or start working towards because I think there's a lot of things that I could do more of. My first one is using the Yuka app on more products and just scanning my products before I buy them going into new products just to see what the rating is and then trying and finding a better choice that's within my budget. So I do want to start using that more. I just started using it on a couple things and seeing the ratings on some of my products made me like like okay we got to get it together. But like I said, take it with a grain of salt because sometimes those things are just way out of budget and it's just not going to be realistic for me. My next one that's super, super important to me, especially with someone that has acne, like I said, what you're putting on your body seeps into your bloodstream. So what you're putting on top of your acne every day, and I do wear a very light amount of makeup every day to work just to look presentable and put together. And then every once in a while, I'll do like a full face of makeup, like date nights or like if I'm going out. So I never wear foundation a lot anymore. I used to wear foundation every single day, Ooh, but I don't do that anymore. But I want to start using more non-toxic makeup and I've slowly started transitioning to this. I transitioned my mascara to the Thrive Cosmetics mascara. I used it before in the past and then stopped using it and then started using it again because I ran out of my mascara and it's a cleaner product. I've also switched my lip gloss to a cleaner product because I have super sensitive lips and I don't want to be irritating them even more. But my plan is as I run out of makeup, I'm just going to look for alternatives that are in the clean section of makeup and the non-toxic category and just really looking into the ingredients. That way my acne isn't more aggravated. It's gotten to a point where it's a lot better, but I still have flare-ups and if I could just do things to make the flare-ups less and less frequent I would just love to do that and I just want to really know what I'm putting on my body same goes for my shampoo and conditioner I pretty much use whatever shampoo and conditioner I'm not super picky and I rarely ever look at the ingredients too deeply and I really should because once again we're putting that on our scalp we're putting it on our hair and hair health is important I do have fairly healthy hair my hair is on the thinner side but it's not super dead or anything. I take fairly good care of my hair. I don't bleach it anymore. I used to get a balayage and now my hair is dark. It's almost the same color as my actual hair color, just like a shade or two darker. And I only get it done, dyed like, I want to say two to three times a year max. And then I get haircuts in between. So, but I do want to just switch to cleaner products for my hair. My next one that I've already been working on a little bit is just less sugar and dairy. I cut out dairy for a period of time my first semester of college because like I had said my acne and my eczema were the worst they had ever been and I didn't know what else to do 
and you know none of the medications that I had been on before were even touching it like my steroid cream wasn't working nothing was working that I was doing to try to help and I was pretty much at my last resort so I cut out dairy for um about two months and then my eczema went away completely my acne didn't really clear up actually it was just my eczema but it helped with my eczema so much but now I can consume dairy. I just want to consume a little bit less, especially through the winter, because that's when my eczema is the worst and has the worst flare ups. So consuming less dairy just helps me. Same thing with sugar. I just want to cut back on the sugar in just all my products. Um, it's really more important to be having salt in your diet rather than sugar. So just want to not have as much refined sugar. Also, if you don't know what refined sugar is, that's like white sugar, brown sugar, um, and like high fructose corn syrup. So like the not good types of sugar. I'm not talking about sugar found in milk or found in fruit or vegetables. I'm talking about like the additive type of sugar. My next one is converting to essential oils only in my diffuser rather than candles and or making my own candles. So I want to get rid of the soy candles completely eventually just because there's still so many things that are not great about soy candles even though they are better than normal candles they're still like candles are just pretty toxic in general so I want to convert back to going to my diffuser only when I lived in my parents house I only used a diffuser because they didn't allow candles because of how bad they are and we have dogs and they were like yeah no and we have little kids that are also super sensitive so we just never used candles in the house. I used them when I was younger for a little bit and then we just stopped and switched to all diffusers, which like wasn't the end of the world. It still smelled amazing. I just like the act of having a candle lit, even though my diffuser is super cute, but I need to get back to that and just like get off my candle kick because it's just not that good for you. My next one is growing my own herbs. So obviously I am in an apartment. I don't have the space to have my own garden but someday in my future home I will have my own garden but in the meantime I can grow a couple herbs that I use all the time like oregano for instance and just have them in my house for me and my roommate to use I think that would just be super nice and just like a nice touch to have some extra seasoning especially where seasoning is so expensive that's another thing you learn when you move out is seasoning things like that are so expensive like you go to make a recipe and it needs like four seasonings and you're like I have none of those and all of those together are going to be $20, especially if you're buying a better quality brand of seasoning. Expensive. So I just want to grow it myself. This one is also going to be on the top priority list for me and that's just better quality period products. I need to stop using like the Tampax and switch to the like 100% organic cotton pads and tampons they're just so much better for you I mean this is literally going on you and inside of you like this should have been top priority for me a while ago and I just haven't made it one I feel like pads and tampons are just so expensive as it is especially moving out like that was something my mom always just had like I never really had to think about getting them and if I ever needed them like she would just get them and be like oh we'll use these for the month and when you move out you're like oh my god like I really don't want to buy tampons and pads right now like why are they so expensive it's so annoying anyways but I really do want to invest in those or start using a period cup or period underwear something along those lines whatever I feel most comfortable with but I definitely want to switch to 100% organic cotton everything from here on out I think this is needs to be my top priority for continuing a non-toxic lifestyle I think what's limited be me before is honestly the price point I just it's so it sounds like it's so hard to justify but this this shouldn't be this should this should be another thing that I splurge on and my last one is better quality vitamins so I have a really good vitamin routine but I don't get the best brand of vitamins and this is important because you can absorb vitamins a lot differently depending on how they are made so the better that they're made the better you absorb the vitamins and you know the cheaper that they're made the less you have from absorption of the vitamins but here's my thing again like something is better than nothing like my vitamin routine from like nature's made I'm just gonna say is better than no vitamins at all so it's already expensive what I take for vitamins and that's using like not the best quality of vitamins if I were to use the best of the best quality of vitamins, 
this would be a huge expense for me that I just cannot this one I cannot justify at the moment but want to work towards it in the future. So those are all the things I want to be better at. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I think it's a lot different than anything I've ever talked about before, but it's something that I'm really, really passionate about. As you can see from the length of this podcast, I could talk about this forever and I probably will do another episode on this in the future just because I'm so passionate about it and I think it can really have a huge impact on your life, especially for women in balancing your hormones. All these ingredients come into play when balancing your hormones. And it doesn't have to be every single change at once. You can just slowly start to change some of the products and routines and things you do now and just slowly over time move closer and closer to a non-toxic lifestyle. Just like I told you guys, I just told you guys, you know, about 10 different things that I think I could be doing better to live a more non-toxic life and that I'm still working towards. And this is someone that grew up in a home that actively went from like using Lysol to being a non-toxic household and watching that happen. It didn't happen overnight. It just gradually happened. And then it grew with me into my adulthood that I look at these things now. So I hope you learned something from this episode. I hope you can take something away from it. I hope you can also see how to do this realistically at a younger age when you're on your own and your budget is a little bit tighter because there are just some things that are just really expensive. I mean, everything's expensive right now. Like detergent on its own, expensive. Now I'm like, get a non-toxic one and it's a few more dollars, but like I'm telling you, it's worth the few extra dollars if you can spare them. I hope you learned a little bit about what a non-toxic life can look like if you've never talked or heard someone talk about this before. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. As always, it's really helpful to share this podcast with a friend, give it a rating. We're on Apple now, finally got that approved. So share on your story, share with whoever. It always helps. Give it a rating, follow the podcast. It means so much to me, but thank you guys for tuning in this week and I will talk to you next week. Bye guys.